Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, a certified lymphedema therapist and the voice behind Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease, lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each month, I will discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. Between shows, you can catch me on IGTV or Instagram TV, as well as monthly live Q&A sessions. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast just for you. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 90 of Lymphedema Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Bryland's Feet Foundation, and they are featuring none other than one of our premier sponsors for Camp Watch Me, and that is Lymphopress. And I probably don't have to remind you guys that I'm a super fan of Lymphopress. I talk about them all the time. Um, Anytime I am on social media or in any of our lymphedema groups, um, I'm talking about their great options, um, their great customer service, and really just the friendly people that I have grown to know and love as friends. Um, And I feel like it's not just as colleagues. So it's really fun um, to be able to share more with you today about Lymphopress because this is a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. Lymphedema Podcast is made possible by the support of Eros Medical, Bryland's Feet Foundation, Dr. Jenna Wishnu at Lamb Vascular and Associates, Juzo Compression, MediUSA, and the National Lymphedema Network. For more information and to browse previous episodes, visit the Lymphedema Podcast website. So joining us today to answer your five curious questions about pneumatic compression is president of Lymphopress, Eric Ansart. Eric, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks, Betty. I appreciate it. And uh, before we get started, I am a huge fan of what you're doing and what Brittany does as well. Absolutely love Camp Watch Me and Bryland's Feet Foundation's tremendous organization. Thank you. We can't wait to get you guys out to one of our camps soon. I think you just have the best personality um, and you as a dad, I know that you quickly uh, bought in and just agreed with our vision for kids with lymphedema and supporting their parents as well. So we can't wait to get you at camp and see you in action because I bet you can play like a really mean game of kickball. I am a hardcore kickball fan, especially with those little kids. No doubt about it. I love it. All right. So we're going to start off with these five curious questions. Um, In social media groups, um, have that be like a Facebook lymphedema group or on Instagram, Um, you can find questions all the time about a pump, which pump, how to use it, when to use it, who can use it. So let's just knock out some of those today. And one of the first things I want to ask is who qualifies for a compression pump? Great. Great question. And, you know, I think one of the things that we can really focus on is pneumatic compression in general has changed a lot over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, Who qualifies, who doesn't qualify, I think has been fairly consistent. We can talk about it, but really 
the advantages that pneumatic compression and lymphopress can specifically offer to different people has changed. And the reason I bring that up is when you talk about qualifying, I know we really want to focus on the lymphedema patient and the lipedema patient today, and we'll do that. But pneumatic compression is being used in all kinds of applications today. Um, you see it in sports. Um, you see people using it for quick muscle recovery. So it really, there's a lot of benefits to pneumatic compression. But when we look at qualifying through insurance or through Medicare, um, that is a really sometimes challenging question to ask or answer, not so much because there's uh, ambiguity in the answer, but because every provider might have its own, their own criteria. So really what we're looking for is we want to make sure that the patient's going to benefit as in they have the condition, right? So do they have chronic long-standing edema? Has it been diagnosed and recognized as lymphedema? Uh, that's, that's the number one criteria, which would make sense, right? right. Um, so I think a great question, and I'd be curious maybe to ask this of you, um, is when do we identify chronic edema as lymphedema? Because that is, that's the number one piece that we need is a diagnosis of lymphedema, lymphedema. And then we can really start digging into the patient's history, their physical, maybe hereditary conditions, different things like that to identify the need and then try to get the right equipment for the patient. Yeah. I know that in the clinic, you know, there would be this constant Q and a that kind of would evolve with the patient and even their primary caregiver or whoever it was that had referred them maybe for lymphedema treatment. Um, you know, is it hereditary? Did you see signs or symptoms of this in your family line? Um, does anyone now currently have these same symptoms? Yep. Um, and then, you know, measurements comparing the data, um, do you have a circumferential or a volumetric difference between the unaffected leg? And I thought it was like a centimeter and a half. I'm a little rusty since being out of the clinic for a while, but I thought it was about a centimeter and a half, um, from each point that, you know, that was the same point, um, on the opposite mm -hmm. leg. And as a clinician, I would say here that it'd probably be important for any of our therapists who are listening that our documentation has a lot to do with how our patients qualify for the pump. Um, noting that your patients, um, have been attempting this conservative treatment of MLD skincare, the full thing of CDT skin, skincare, exercise, compression, whether it's bandages or some sort of garment that you have fit them for. Um, and then if you can trial a pneumatic compression in your office and be able to show, um, I know for us, it was usually like 28 days of a initial trial versus where they are 28 days later and showing that they haven't really made that progress, um, that has maintained. And people are like, well, then why would we want to pump if it hasn't helped us make progress? What I think about that is the pump helps you, but it only helps you like while you're in it. And if you then leave and don't wear compression and don't wear a garment and don't do anything else, when you yep. come back, volume is brought back up because gravity has pulled it back down. So the pump helps you. You just have to fill in the rest of those gaps and complete that circle for your treatment and documenting that your patient is doing that and documenting their measurements on a regular basis. That's going to help them qualify if or when you do end up going up against insurance. Because like you said, all of those insurance providers have different requirements. Yep. 
have different requests and may draw it out a little bit. And this will help the whole process. Yeah, and I can, I can give you some clarity around specifically what we want to document. I think the goal is understanding that Lymphopress's goal is to maintain the hands-on progress that you've achieved with your patients in the clinic, right? So you, may, you brought up a great point. We are a tool in the toolbox. We are not the standalone therapy. Not meant to be, never intended to be. We want to be used with garments. We want to use, be used with self-MLD, bandaging. All of the different aspects of maintenance that go into a patient's therapy need to be there. And in the intensive phase of therapy, we are a tool that can extend your therapy for when the patient goes home. I think it's interesting that you brought up the idea about, you know, it's a, it benefits you while you're in the device. Interestingly enough, there's no doubt that it does that. We've been shown to increase lymphatic uptake and fluid by over 60% over standalone. You know, it's seen to move lymphatic proteins. There's a bunch of very clear evidence to show the benefit of pneumatic compression. But one of the things that is new and that we've been recognizing is, and this is true of manual drainage as well, is that there is a prolonged impact or effect. We saw when we did the ICG, one of our ICG studies in 2018, that when we had the patient in the device, when we shut the device off but left the camera on, the patient's lymphatic system continued that increased velocity and frequency of lymphatic pumping for a full hour after the device was turned off. So there is a immediate impact in the unit and then there's an impact that continues for, we know an hour, it's been suggested that MLD lasts, um, the impact can last up to four hours after therapy. Well, let's get to your question. Your question was, what is what about documentation? How does a patient get this device? Um, I like to look at it as bookends. If you think of your documentation as creating bookends for the beginning and the end of the case, you'll get every case, every pneumatic compression pump you need approved. So we wanna start at day one, and then we wanna document some completion at the day of, at day 28, like you mentioned. We're looking at a 28 day of spread. So what we're looking for in the beginning is we want a lymphedema diagnosis. We need to show that the patient is consistently elevating exercising and using medical grade compression. That can be compression wrappings, hosiery, stockings, whatever it may be, but elevation, exercise, and compression. They've attempted that and they've attempted that for a 28 day period of conservative care. At the end of that 28 days, we then wanna bookend, again, those 28 days bookend notes. That last note should reflect the fact that they've attempted the elevation, exercise, and compression for 28 days and the symptoms are still persisting. I think one of the challenges we run into sometimes is therapists will look at the end of the 28 days and they'll say, well, I don't want to document that the work that I've done for 28 days hasn't been effective. Nobody's asking for you to say what you did is not effective. What you do is incredibly effective, not only in the hands-on treatment of the patient, but boy, what a therapist offers for education and directing a patient, giving them really life skills to manage a condition that lasts forever, there's no way to replace that. Right. But at the end of the 28 day period, we want you to say that I've done all of these things and the symptoms are persisting, they're still present and that will qualify most, most frequently, that'll qualify a patient for a pneumatic compression pump. Right, and it's not to replace us. I know that a lot of therapists who maybe um, are 
not open to pumps or they're, you know, they're hesitant to recommend one and they sure wouldn't let one in their clinic. Um, we're not being replaced by them. I've never felt like the pump was replacing me because it can't, um, for a lot of things that I do, but it is a supplement and I'm not going home with my patients, but this pump can give them that intermittent that they need when I'm not there and, or they're in maintenance phase. Cause they're not forever in treatment. You mentioned earlier, other conditions, um, like even people are using this somewhat recreationally, um, for health benefits, but what type of conditions, um, does lymphopress the medical grade compression, what does it treat? So we're really about providing in-home management and treatment for patients with chronic edema, whether that is really lymphedema, chronic venous insufficiency, and lipedema. So, you know, we're all aware we've seen this increase and this understanding of the combination between vascular conditions and lymphatic conditions. I think what's really transpired over the last couple of years primarily, and I know the evidence points back much further than that, but we've started to understand that when a patient deals with chronic venous insufficiency, that chronic edema that they, they deal with is a lymphatic component. It may not be lymphedema, it's not primary lymphedema, but it's certainly a secondary lymphedema that comes as an onset for venous insufficiency. So what we're looking for is a lymphedema patient, whether it's primary, um, whether it's secondary from some kind of trauma like surgery or breast cancer or, you know, a hysterectomy, we see a lot of lower extremity lymphedema from that. that. Yeah, quite a bit. Um, so you have your secondary cases from that. You have your kind of more dependent secondary cases where I'd say they're venous insufficiency, elderly, older patients that are dealing with just natural um, degradation of their vascular system and they're seeing some of the lymphatic overflow, and then our pediatric patients that you know so much about. You know, I feel personally very passionate about helping children because you know, if a child manages lymphedema well as a child, they have a better chance of living a unobstructed life. You know, you started Camp Watch Me. I love the fact that when you started Camp Watch Me, you talked about watch me play like all the other kids, watch me do what all these other children are doing. That's our goal. You know, our goal of being a part of that program is yes, we can help and we want to help patients across the country. But when you impact a child who's five, six, 10 years old, you're impacting six, seven, 10 decades of their life where they can now live unencumbered by these conditions. Well, now I'm going to cry because that's what I want to go to the mountaintops and scream to people when I'm, you know, trying to rally support. And we just had the fundraiser for Bryland's Feet Foundation. And while I'm not Bryland or Brittany, um, I'm very much a partner with Brittany and have taken on Bryland's Feet very much as my a project I'm invested in. And so when we were fundraising for Bryland's Feet Foundation, um, and I would, you know, be asking, you know, for support or local donations or something. Um, I was trying to be like, help these kids. They're going to be adults yeah. one day. Like they, yeah. we're just lucky. Um, those of us who have kids, I don't have lymphedema. We just got lucky and they Absolutely. just threw the short stick because it literally could have been any of us. Um, and I don't want to talk on that too much because I will, but 
that mom hurt. She had no idea. And that baby's lymphatic system at five weeks of gestation, it's either in place or it isn't. So that early before anyone, she probably doesn't even know she's pregnant at that point. Like it was just a moment in time that will affect them forever, but we're working together to make it better. So we are, we are. And I'm excited about that. (laughs) You you know, it's interesting too, because you're right. You know, Betty, there's, when we impact a child, you know, there, we impact them for life. I, I also am always moved with the patients who end up with lipedema mm-hmm. and you, and you recognize these patients who, you know, they're born, they live a, a normal childhood. And unfortunately, a lot of times lipedema is onset by some type of, um, you know, moment in their life, whether it's puberty or childbirth or menopause or there's some uh, hormonal event that causes this fat accumulation to begin and the lymphatic obstruction. And I think how devastating that must be to be in a position where something happens that's outside of your control and now for the rest of your life, you're managing this condition. So we're passionate about providing solutions for that. I mean, the Lymphopress Optimal Plus is, was the first FDA approved device for the treatment of lipedema. We specifically went after that indication because we knew we could impact quality of life in reducing edema, but also increasing movement, reducing pain, you know, getting rid of fat pads. I mean, we've seen all of these impacts directly result in patients using lymphopress at home. So there is no way to replace what a therapist does, but I think therapists, what I hope is that they'll embrace the fact that we can be an extension, another tool for them when these patients go home. Absolutely. Uh, because like we mentioned earlier, the therapist isn't going home with them, but yep. they can take this tool with them. Um, and let's talk about one thing here about when not to pump and what are some contraindications because yeah. they may be in maintenance and something may pop up and it's like, oh, should I, for lack of a better word, should I just pump this out and just like try to get the swelling down? Or yep. is this something where I need to take a step back and say, okay something more globally with my either immune system or my lymphatic system is going on. Can you cover some of the contraindications for when someone should not use their pump? Yeah, absolutely. And this is really important. And all of our sales team and our delivery technicians are trained on these because sometimes we identify this when we go into a patient's home and we can educate a patient on these things. I think probably the most prevalent and the most concerning is cellulitis or any type of infection. Yeah. And, and it's because these patients are much more susceptible. They're 70 times more susceptible to develop cellulitis if they have lymphedema. So this is a reoccurring issue that everybody in this community knows is a challenge. So we educate the patients on that. If they, if they see redness, hot inflamed limb, they see something that looks like an infection, we want to make sure that they are contacting their medical professional. They're, you know, if it's necessary, they receive antibiotics. They do that. So from a, from a pneumatic and lymphopress perspective, we want to see that patient on antibiotics for at least 72 hours before they resume pneumatic compression therapy. And if we identify it going into a patient's home, we'll contact the, the clinical provider and have them see that patient before the patient begins using the equipment. So certainly cellulitis is the biggest. Um, DVT, if the patient has an active DVT, it's interesting. The um, the point of when you should resume treatment after a DVT is very flexible. So our approach has always been, we leave that to the clinician. 
know, some doctors will be more aggressive in how they treat it by using a filter or, you know, thinners or whatever they want to do. Some doctors less so. So it really comes down to deferring back to the prescribing physician in that situation and let them make the decision. But if a patient has an active DVT, we don't want them to use it. Interestingly, pneumatic compression has been shown to be a good prophylaxis for DVTs. So as a patient, if they don't have one, if they start using it, there's a better chance they won't, it won't, you know, happen down the road. But, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're clear with, with those. And then probably the, the second or the third largest that we, we are aware of is con uh, congestive heart failure. So there are some lymphangiosarcomas and some more complex conditions that we typically wouldn't see and a doctor would be aware of and probably not prescribe a device in the first place. But if a patient has chronic heart failure, um, what we're looking for is for that CHF to be stabilized and we'll refer back to the cardiologist and primary uh, physician before providing the equipment. So it's really a, it's an opportunity for us when, when an order is placed for a lymphopress product. If we see CHF in the notes, we'll reach out to get clearance to make sure that the patient's clear to move forward. And then many doctors will, they will just modify. Maybe, maybe the diuretic needs to be adjusted after the patient's been using it. The patient is stable. They may use it at a lower pressure or lower frequency, but that's all comes with the education of the clinician and their involvement in the patient's care. I think I've noticed that is kind of a common conversation, um, that, and sometimes renal disease, um, mm -hmm while it's listed as a, as a contraindication, some doctors really more move around it as a precaution. Um, if they have, you know, stable, if it's, you know, well-managed or they're, you know, regularly seeing their physician, um, they may make modifications, um, in their duration and the pump pressure, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember early on as a novice CLT, I was, um, uh, I had seen, um, CHF on the patient's past medical history. And I was like, no, I can't even see you for lymphedema treatment. Like I can't see you for CLT or anything, right. um, CDT, like, sorry. And I felt so awful. And then over the years of kind of, and that was also my superior's mindset of no, like these are just some, some hard and fast no's in our clinic. Um, and since then it's, you know, somewhat loosened up or I've at least found ways to, well, let's approach it with skincare or let's approach their, um, management. So maybe we'll get them in a garment that maintains, but doesn't decongest. Um, so there are some elements there. I think where it's just more of a precaution than a yep. contraindication. And I think it's always good to kind of stay open and have that communication with the physician and the patient. So really you're getting them the best help instead of just saying no. Uh, absolutely. And there are some other areas that are a little more gray. You know, there's this catch-all phrase in the contraindications for pneumatic compression. It says, you know, any, any time um, reabsorption is not appropriate. So if you look at a patient where maybe they have, um, arterial insufficiency or diabetes. You know, we don't want a patient who has a low AVI necessarily to be using a device, mm -hmm. but to your point, some clinicians will test that because if a patient has arterial insufficiency and a lot of edema, sometimes if we remove that edema, we can create better flows and better, you know, better paths. So 
it really is about partnering. You know, I think from a therapist perspective, the majority of our patients are pretty cut and dry. It's pretty clear. They have lymphedema. If there's cellulitis or a DVT, we want to treat that, but there's not a lot of those. Um, a lot of times we don't see CHF or, or certain, well, maybe CHF, but not so much um, arterial insufficiency in those patients. That's less frequent. So it's pretty, it's pretty clear. And I think the big piece is just to know that if you're working with the right provider, you know, Lymphopress, we go out of our way to make sure we are involving the caretakers in the decision along the way, because to your point, we want to educate everybody as to when it's appropriate, when it's not appropriate, so that the right decision can be made for the patient. So when you're wearing your pump, I get this question a lot. Should you wear something underneath it? Yes. Very easy answer is yes, you should. What we want to avoid is anything that has um, metal or hard plastic, because obviously we're providing a therapy over that area. You wouldn't do MLD over buttons on a patient's pants. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to provide lymphopress therapy and treatment over that either. So what we would do is we would recommend the patient wears some kind of loose fitting garment or a, you know, a stockinette works really well. Um, those are great. Something like that. Um, obviously avoid like spandex, not spandex, um, like jogging pants that have that tight ring around the ankle. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a lymphedema patient's home or patient with lymphedema. I walk in there and they're wearing a cheap pair of joggers with this tight elastic band around their ankle. And when they pull that up, it's created a natural cuff there. And we've, you know, we've impacted lymphatic flow. So just basic education, making sure that you know, they're wearing something loose fitting, they have a stockinette to cover any skin. We don't want, ideally, we don't want a situation where their skin is directly against the sleeve. It won't be a problem. Lymphopress's products are cleanable. They're easy to don and off. So we, we can deal with that side of it, but we just want to avoid that and better to have some kind of barrier between their skin and the, and the garment itself. Karen Ashforth's presentation on fibrotic techniques and using chip foam and other household. I mean, the, I heard her say at the uh, conference in Louisiana that one time to wrap a towel around the ankle if it's, you know, much smaller than the foot. And I literally went back to my clinic and the next morning I was like, hey, when so-and-so comes in, bring me extra towels. We're going to put it in the sleeve. And they're like, are you crazy? And I was like, no, this lady said it was going to work. And that was like mind blowing. Um, so I can't recommend that um, webinar enough. Um, if you have the chance to listen or learn from that, um, blew my mind away and yeah. really opened my eyes to like how we can use that tool. Cause we only think of it as one purpose of mo like mobilizing that lymphatic fluid and moving it distal to proximal. But along the way, there's a whole lot of other stuff you can do uh, at each point. You know, I, I'm grateful for people like yourself and Karen and others who have, have been, um, they've taken the equipment and they've looked at it and they've said, how can we utilize this? And now they're sharing that information with other therapists and it's becoming more mainstream. And it's becoming more mainstream because look, the therapy definitely works. It's clinically proven to work. We know it works, but it's what it's different to clinically prove something works and then uh, then application right and application is what you just said like understanding that we can use a chip foam liner to maybe break up uh, or not soften fibrotic tissue in a specific area or use a, 
a towel, a hand towel around the ankle to deal. Those are application issues that there's no way lymphopress will be as effective as it possibly can be unless people like yourself share those things and other therapists realize that, hey, we're looking for people to take our tool and then use our tool and share that feedback with other therapists and us so that we understand how to get the best results using it. So my last question for you is really the most loaded question. Uh -oh. um, and I'll try not to drive <laughs> us over our time too much. Um, in these groups, people are saying, what pump do you use? You know, they name a few pumps. Um, why do you use such and such pump? Why use the lymphopress pump over any other pump? I know I have my answers, um, but you could probably answer this one very well. So why use the lymphopress pump? What do you guys bring to the table? That's really just that game changer for their treatment. Yep. So I'm going to tell you what I think, and then I'd love to hear your thoughts, but I will tell you, I believe you should use it because it adapts to your patient's progress with programmable features that really serves to help them manage their condition. This is not a condition. Lymphedema is not a condition that disappears, right? I know it, it's a, it's a, a cheesy pun, but lymphedema is a fluid condition, right? It's constantly changing. Yeah. <laughs> it's constantly changing. So to have one therapy where somebody in an office said, this is what you should get. You plug it in, you press play, and you just use it over and over. You should have a device that can be modified and changed based on the condition you're dealing with. If you're feeling better one day, you should be able to talk to your therapist and decide that we're going to use a lower pressure on those days. And I'm going to use wave therapy over sequential. I'm going to you know, lymphopress, our goal has been to put a tool into a patient's hands where they can manage their condition exactly where they're at, knowing that no patient is the same and that no therapy should be the same. So you can provide therapy where you're going to focus on a specific area. Say you had knee surgery and we want to be able to provide some therapy to soften the tissue in that area. We can focus therapy on that area. We can do decongestion therapy before we start any of the cycles to clear the more proximal lymphatics. It really comes down to, in my opinion, with lymphopress is giving the patient tailored solutions to their treatment. I mean, I feel like my answer is going to be very similar to that because I always tell patients that one, I have dealt with one other company in the clinic. Um, and it didn't take me maybe two insurance claims to just block that dude's phone number from calling my office. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm never afraid. I'm never ashamed to say it. Um, my old rep, Dave DeBacco, love that I know, Dave. so much. Um, I was on maternity leave and a new rep came into town um, that's with this other company. And she got my phone number and she called me and I'll never forget when I called Dave and I said, I just told so-and-so company rep that I'm in a relationship with lymphopress and it's really serious. And I just can't let them take me to lunch. <laughs> and Dave just died laughing. I was like, and besides I'm on maternity leave. So that's could you just bring me some, don't, uh, can you just bring me some brownies, Dave? <laughs> that's how that works. That's um, great. I love it. So you know, Dave I, just got married, by the way. I know. Did you hear that? Yeah. Yes. Congrats to him. Congrats Shout out to Dave. Dave. Oh, I'm just so happy for him. Um, so other than the brownies that Dave used to bring me, 
Um, I honestly feel like I support lymphopress and I recommended it to my patients because it was easy for them to wear, even if it was a pantsuit for them to get in and out of, or if it was a single sleeve garment, or if it was an upper extremity with a chest panel, all of the various options in the sleeves were easy to manage and you weren't tripping over things. You weren't fighting Velcro. You weren't getting everything like stuck to itself. And one thing that I feel like the other company that would contact us preyed on like veterans who could, they could get in, get that easy claim. And then the patient would come to me and say, yeah, they brought it to my house. I've never used it. I can't get it back on. And it literally would make me nauseous. And that's the thing that has just really, one of the reasons why I never contacted them again and just asked them to lose my number because that just made me sick that then for that five-year gap, their insurance wouldn't approve another pump, but they weren't getting any use from that thing that was still in a box because when they tried, so all all I want to say is that Lymphopress customer service (laughs) and their products, because I could go on and on, I just found it to be superior. And that's why I have always recommended it in social media groups or to my patients um, because I've seen the not so good side of it um, with other companies. Um, we've had slow deliveries with them for press. We've had, you know, D like long insurance fights, but sure. Lympho press has always come back full circle and provided that really great customer service and really stayed with the patient instead of just dumping them off and just being like, well, good luck. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate that, Betty. And I, I got to tell you, there's You've been a regular anchor of our, you know, our lymphedema roundtables. You've been in these groups and, and that's been our, our hope and our approach is that we're providing more than just a device to a patient. We're actually providing a service. And that starts from the minute that order goes in so that we're communicating with the patient and the therapist correctly. And then we're following that all the way through to post-delivery inviting them to patient roundtables, which by the way, happen the second Tuesday of every month. If you're ever interested in joining one of the roundtables and the goal of those is to provide ongoing education so that the patients and the therapists, quite frankly, can learn about how the, how this equipment and and how to manage their condition long-term. So I love the roundtable, and I hope that, um, anyone listening, if you haven't listened to one live, um, and it's not the second Tuesday, because when this episode comes out, it won't be. Um, but you can join us um, YouTube. Type in Lymphopress on YouTube, and you'll find all of all of the uh, channels there. Yeah, and um, Freddie, I, 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 you know, I would tell you if Brenda was sitting here, she'd be going on and on about about really the result of the roundtables and how much seeing the impact of just people who've been looking for answers for years can meet in a room and people like yourself who understand some of these treatment options can provide those solutions to these people. It's a, it's a tremendous resource and we can't thank you enough for being a part of that. I'm happy to do it. All right, Eric, I'm about to um, close out for our time today. Do you have anything you would like to leave with our listeners? Any advice or words of encouragement? Yeah, you know, there's a bunch of, uh, you know, product related things I'd love to say, but the truth is, I think we just want you to know know that we're with you, whether you're a therapist or you're a patient, you're a child with lymphedema trying to figure this out, or you're 
a mom and dad who, you know, came home and you're trying to figure out what does this mean for your child's life? We're here. We're here to provide a product, but more than that, we're here to be able to provide hopefully answers. We'll, we'll figure stuff out with you. So um, lymphedema is a condition that has to be managed. And if managed well, you can live a very healthy, productive, effective, and powerful life. So hopefully you get a chance to do that and we'll be by your side while you're doing it. Mother Teresa says loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about Lymphid Press from Eric Ansart. Email me with your story if you would like to share or visit the website for another episode, lymphedemapodcast.com 